couple of weeks now since the end of the season, and a lot of times when the season goes the way it goes, some guys are just happy to get it over with and move on. What have you seen from your returning players in the in the days since the season ended? Well, I had a, a short time period, basically the Sunday after the West Virginia game, where I met with several of the returning players, the older returning players. Um, some, of, some of them guys that you would recognize as leaders, some of them as guys that you don't realize are leaders. But I talked to several of them about the direction of the program and I basically let them know that between those guys and Hosapple for the next month and a half, I'm, I'm kind of counting on them you know, on, to kind of set the tone because as you know, there's, there's, very, there's very strict rules on how much time you're supposed to spend with players um, and, and as, re, as in regard to football activities. And I've been very pleased, very pleased, you know, to this point with how that's going. You know, some of these guys, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of guys today, most of the students are home, there's a bunch of guys today down there working out with Hosapel. And that that's a good sign. You know, not that I wanted them to stay any longer than they had to, but uh, um, the fact that they want to be here or some, some of the Kansas guys are just, you know, driving back to get, you know, to work, to, to get going. I think that we're definitely making steps in the right direction. Defensive line wasn't a, didn't put much pressure on the quarterback. Um, how confident are you, whether by developing current players or other means, that you'll be able to put more pressure on the quarterback next year? Well, I think there's, it, I think there's two things that come into play there. I think that well, let's start with the guys we already have, you know, and you know the guys we already have include the guys that just signed because they're they're guys that we have because they're now on the team. I think with the guys, the guys we have, we, we, we do have some, we do have some inherent pass rush ability. I think that it's going to be very, very important, okay, to, for us to bring out that inherent pass rush ability because, you know, there's going to be several times where you're going to be run, where you're going to be rushing only four guys, possibly three guys. And I think that it's important to be able to, to get some more heat on the quarterback than we did at, at almost any time last year. In addition to that, when I get to spend time in February with the defensive staff, I've already, you know, written down a bunch of, a bunch of, a bunch of thoughts, not so much as being the defensive coordinator myself, but things that present problems to me as an offensive coordinator that I think that we could then interject into what we're doing to, cre to create to create more problems than we cur than we currently have, and I think that that's the way that I try to help the defensive staff more than any. Saying, look, it, with the guys we have, here's what other people are doing that give me a problem. You know, why don't we you know, why don't we see if we can't you know put that put some of that thought methodology into what we're doing. You ask to do the same for you as the offensive coordinator? I, I asked the defensive staff, Campo and the entire defensive staff, you know, what gives you problems? What doesn't give you problems? You know, uh, you know, besides self-scout, which is one of the things we do, 
And they said, what did we run that just wasn't any good? Why wasn't it any good? Was it any good because of execution? Because it was a crummy idea. I mean, you have to figure that out. You know, but we, we're doing a big self-scout study. That's what the, the GAs and the guys that are in-house during the month of January, okay, we're doing all sorts of projects to analyze our own system. But yes, I asked at Campo and I asked the defensive staff, you know, for things that, you know, pro and con that, uh, that, that they've seen. I know you've been real busy over the last few weeks, but I mean, I know you said you're going to be looking forward to kind of look, pinpoint some of those things, but have you put together a short list of things you need to target, things you need to address, like personnel-wise? Well, the first thing you have to do is make sure that you're not just, when we first got here, we were just taking, taking bodies. You know, you're, you know, you're scrambling. When you get here in, in December, and you're assembling a staff and everything, when you go on the road recruiting, you know, what you're trying to do is just whatever you can get out there that are the best of, of what you can get, that's what you do. When you have a full year in recruiting, well, a full year, a full cycle, okay, in recruiting, it's, that's no longer the case. Now it's not just filling in spots. I know that all of you, you know, just like I have seen glaring holes on our team. So uh, those spots you have to go ahead and fill, but you also want to fill them with what you think are quality guys that could be an upgrade from who you, than who you have. And I think that so far so good on that, on, on that front, but you know, that's all you know, yet to be determined with guys coming in and guys that will be coming in, you know, in, in, in the summertime as well. But there's going to be a great influx of, of good talent that's going to be able to mix in with the guys we already have here. Remember, the, the young men that just joined our team yesterday, combined with the guys that we have coming back from next year, you know, we're going to have a lot of time to you know, get going and, and move this thing along in the second year. You know, some of those guys, new guys are going to have to play catch up, but uh, you know, we're going to have an opportunity to take what we did from this year that, that we think that, that, that works and then try to grow from that. I think that that's the, that's the best thought methodology and way to go. Ten of those guys that you mentioned, the linemen, I mean, was that more of a foundational thing or is that just what you're saying, the need? Well, I don't think we're good enough. And I don't think that if, if, if you don't have offensive and defensive linemen, it doesn't make a difference what else you have. If you don't have those two, if you don't have those guys, you can have all the greatest, you can have the greatest skilled guys in the world, but if the offensive line can't block, guess what? Not gonna make it, not gonna make a difference. And just like the defense, you know, taking, piggybacking from Tom's question about, you know, trying to get, you know, pass rushers. I mean, what's the best way to get, you know, uh, rush on a passer? Get good players. That's the best way. I mean, I don't remember Belichick ever doing a lot of coaching on Lawrence Taylor. I remember he'd say, Lawrence, go rush. And that worked out pretty well most of the time. No, no, we don't have Lawrence Taylor, but I'm saying that's the best way of doing it. And I think that, you know, we've added, we've added a couple, couple of unique guys with, you know, with some unique skill sets. What the odds in your mind obviously worked out, but what, what, what did you think the chances were that a guy like Chris Martin, who you recruited in Notre Dame and then, you know, with him there, and, and 
Florida. What were the odds of him coming? Yeah. All I had to do was offer him. Yeah. That was the odds. Because he wasn't going to go somewhere else because his mother wouldn't let him. And that's really the bottom line. See, you guys don't know about the relationships and those things. When Chris Martin was here, I'm sitting here. We didn't talk once about recruiting. Not once. It's okay. Well, we, we're going to do this. Here, here's, here's the deal. I mean, it wasn't like it. You know, it wasn't like that. I mean, I talked to his mom yesterday or the other day for uh, for a half hour. You know, she's, you know, you know, she, there's a lot of parents only trust certain people. And this, he's been, we've known each other for a long time now. The kid committed to me at the when he was, you know, you know, signing day of his junior year. He, you know, he committed that day. And then when I got fired, he he bailed out. So we've known each other a long time. This, with him, it was, I, uh, I had a conversation with him last year when he went to San Francisco, and I basically said, if you tow the line, you know, if you tow the line, a year from now I'll come and get you. That's what I told him. And he did. So I did. Because I usually follow up pretty, usually when I say something, usually there's a pretty good chance that, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to end up doing. Did you talk Dane on his way out? Merry Christmas. That's what I told him. Um, I actually, you know, helped him with the agent process, and uh, and he's got that he's got that taken care of now. And you know, he's playing in a bowl game in Tucson. You know, coming up in January, so he's got that. You know, that that coming up, but. Uh, we actually talk more about family, believe it or not. We don't talk about football. You know, I help them with the things going forward. But, you know, when I talk to a lot of these guys, I talk to them if they want to play, you know, give the NFL a go. I talk about representation. I talk about, you know, getting your workout program set, you know. But I talk about those things. But more importantly, I talk about how's your family doing, you know, have a happy holiday and, We'll talk about those things, you know, in January. You went through this a little bit last year with uh, Ty McKinney. What kind of legwork did you have to do academically to take in the number of junior transfers you're taking? What, hold it. On, now, is your question about Ty or about all of them? Just I mean, in general, you know, dealing with some... Maybe well, some Ty, Ty was a pretty simple thing. You know, he wasn't going to be here for a semester, and I said, you make sure you go take these classes and... and and make sure you get at least this, at least these grades, and that he took the classes, and that's what he did. You know, because what you don't want to do is have a guy not here for a semester and not, not staying in the mix academically, because as any student will tell you, once you get out of the mix of going to class, it starts to fade away. Sort of like when you graduate from college and trying to decide whether you want to go to grad school or not. Once you stop going to school, you really don't want to go back. You know, so that's why it was important to me that, that, you know, this fall, you know, when he wasn't when he wasn't here, that he was taking classes so that, you know, he stayed in the mental frame of mind that I'm a student. He wasn't just trying to be a football player. And in most of these guys' cases, like the guys that are here, okay, that are coming mid-year, obviously they did a lot of work to, get, to put themselves in a position where they can graduate now instead of graduate in May. I mean, it's, you know, this is not the easiest task to do. 
I mean, it, 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 in most of our cases, you get it done in a year and a half. That's taking heavy, heavy loads of classes. You take it online classes and find which online classes are accredited by your junior college, which ones are accredited by the schools you're going to. There's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of due diligence. It, this is not a simple process. It's, you know, this is, this is one where you know, a lot of work has to be done, especially for somebody who's going to try to get here, get here mid-year. How do you measure success between now and the beginning of next season? <laughs> I think there's only one way you measure success, and that's playing games. You know, progress is different than success. You know, I think you can measure progress, you know, how much progress you made, but really at the end of the day, you know, success is when you win, when you win games, which that wasn't, you know, we obviously won won this past year, and you know that's not that's not what we're shooting for, obviously. So, I think success is measured when you play on Saturday in front of a packed house at Memorial Stadium. Progress, you know, is a totally different word. Mark Well is a guy that really kind of spearheaded the recruiting process and really was in the ears of a lot of these other guys and. You know, you did the hashtag 2013 Dream Team. I was just kind of curious your thoughts on those kind of having players like that, recruits like that, are kind of helping your job a little bit. Well, I always thought that, thought that uh, from the, against all the good defenses I've always gone against, there's always been a couple of personalities on defense. You know, the personalities. You know, the guys that the media can't get too fast enough. You know, but you know what, the only way, you know, those personalities can be allowed to thrive or flourish is if they're playing well. Because what good does it do if you have a big personality if you're not worth a darn? Now, fortunately, he's a really good player. And, you know, I think that having something to him, you know, I like when there's some defensive players that have something to him, just as long as they can back it up. And I think that you know, last year when we talked about Ragon, that you guys all like, I was right, and that you guys all liked him because of his personality. I think this one's a slam dunk, you know, as far as you liking his person. And you'll know why the other recruits talk to him. I mean, I call him the Pied Piper. I mean, that's, that's my nickname for him. You're the darn Pied Piper. You know, because they all want to Facebook them and tweet them and, you know, and text them and call them and things like that. So, you know, and when one of those guys is on your side, it's a heck of a lot better when he's on somebody else's side. You know, because he's a guy that, they, you know, what we kind of got into a very unique situation that I don't, uh, that no one could have expected. Okay, even us. I'd like to sit there and say we had it all nailed down. Okay, but we got in we got into one of those unique perspectives where a lot of guys we challenged a lot of these guys to come in and be a part of being part of the reason why we went from one and eleven to whatever. And he was one of the ones who accepted the challenge. I mean I was I was in his face now when I, I went and visited him out of his school. Uh, basically, are you afraid? And, you know, that was right up his alley. And once he jumped on board, there were a lot of other people saying, oh, God, if he's coming, 
you know, let's go. And I think that it really had a positive snowballing effect. And, you know, there's other guys yet to come that preceded him that helped him along before he even got to the to that point right there. So, you know, he deserves he deserves some kudos, but there's a lot of other people in that mix uh, that deserve credit for kind of bonding all together. It was a it was a very unique situation. Did that bonding kind of trickle over into the season? I mean, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, you know, without a doubt, I'd be very surprised if I'd be very surprised if that's where it ended, because it wasn't just them. You know, you know, they couldn't they couldn't Facebook our guys fast enough. It wasn't just those guys. I mean, it was all of them. You know, there's legal things that you can do, and there's things that you can do and can't do. And thank God for modern you know technology as far as that goes, because there's things you're allowed to do, and they did them. And I mean, these guys, I mean, they're like long lost best friends, and they haven't even been teammates yet. They're not even on site yet. Going back six years to when you first had a head coaching job, is it wild to think how technology, Facebook and Twitter, have changed the recruiting process on players' end and coaches' end? Yeah, it's it, there's good and bad with technology now. I mean, I think a lot of times the bad part is, you know, everything you say and do is out five seconds later. Uh, uh, you know, if I say something controversial right now, it's you know, I don't know who tweets it first, but it's out there, and then in my case because I've I've a little bit of a name. If it's controversial enough, it's national news in about fifteen minutes. You know, it didn't used to be that way. You used to be able to be an oppressor and just say whatever you felt, and it's no longer like that. So you got to be very careful about what you say. But same thing with with all the modern technology that's out there, everything is different now. I mean, and the problem is a lot of times people say things, people believe what they, they you know, like, like if I said, if I just said something that's just a lie just for the heck of it right now, people would believe it was true. You know, regardless of what I said right now, if I said it, you know, said anything in the world within a half hour, I said, can you believe that this happened? I mean, it doesn't even have to happen. People, it isn't like a lot of times people do their due diligence to follow up to make sure that that's really the way it is. But I mean, like you have to be very careful with technology today because, you know, it's, you know, it's, you're going to be held accountable. You are too. Anything, anything you guys say, you know, just like you can't get by with a mistake anymore because. Now, now you find yourself, you better be apologizing about 30 seconds later because somebody's going to be hammering you just about whatever you say or do. You know, it's not exactly my favorite, in case you're wondering. Along those lines about the confidence and the, the personality and, and that of, of Marquella, do you like that all these guys have jumped on, on board with the, the Dream Team moniker and talking BCS bowls and Big 12 titles? They, they can talk whatever they want till they get here. Well, we'll worry about that when they get here. And I, as a matter of fact, in that young man's case, I might let him continue recruiting through February, okay, because he's done such a good job. But the rules are even going to change for him once he gets here. Because once he gets here, you know, there's things that he's, through the NCAA, allowed to do and, and not allowed to do. 
you know so I don't think I'll put the clamps on him for a little a little while yet I think I'll wait till I get through shiny day but trust me I've already informed him you know that there's going to come a time where in other words enjoy your time now so to speak if you think that you have a new Twitter darling Matt you, you, I, I hate to give you the bad news but you know that 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 will be fading fading fast in the not too distant future could you talk a little about Dexter McDonald and what the sequence of events was for him well I think that De Dexter you know when he left you know he was you know he was a little sour and I don't think I, th I don't think he had any aspirations of being back here you know I think that Reggie's relationship with him you know got us got us to where we could talk but I think after talking with Reggie and talking with Campo and talking with me and then getting up here and then getting his parents up here there's a lot to this now you know you can't be presumptuous that a local guy you know that left is all is going to be you know really wanting to get here get back here but at the end of the day he and his family all agreed that this was a this was a different situation than the one he left and one that he wanted to be a part of. You had a chance to be around Jake Eves for most of a year. Can you talk about Jake from a, an athlete, uh, mentally, his leadership, and his work ethic? Well, when you start, when you start with the fact that he was the he, there's so many things I could say positive about Jake but let's just talk about a, just a few of them he basically is the show team player of the week every week and most people would think that with a guy who's been a starting guy that's been not demoted but sent to the show team that wouldn't be important to him I, the defensive staff will be delighted not to see any more Jake Heaps because every day in practice he just tore them up it wouldn't make a difference. He could be thrown to you and me. Okay, you know, he, he, he really, really performed at a very high level. Number two, okay, I've known the kid for a long time now. I was recruiting him out of high school. I sat at a game at Skyline, Skyline High School in Seattle then on a Friday night before we played University of Washington. Okay, so we're on the road playing him. I'm at his, his high school game. He was, you know, there was a good chance he was going to end up coming with me to, to that other school that I was at. Okay, but once again, I went by the wayside, and so did he. So he goes to BYU, breaks every freshman passing record, okay, that there ever was, and there's been a whole bunch of good quarterbacks that have played at that school. So it doesn't work out. Midway through his sophomore year, it doesn't work out. They make a change. And they mutually decide to go their separate ways. I'm, I end up getting his job. He calls. He call, gets permission, you know, to to go ahead and talk to me. He called and asked me if I had a spot for him. I basically said, "Do you want me to drive out there and get you?" You know, sarcastically. But he and his wife, you know, got a good view of the place and came here knowing that he was going to have to sit for a year. But during, it's not so much what we have right now. It's what we just witnessed for an entire year. Most people in that, in that, case, in that situation, 
would have walled away in anonymity, not Jake Heaps. Okay, he was grinding from the day he's got here. Okay, and he's been nothing but a positive influence around here. He's one of the most beloved. If I asked the players to vote for their favorite player on a team, he might win it without having played. Okay, so that's that's a good place to start. Now, I'm not going to you know anoint him as the second coming. I'm just saying that's where we are right now, and that's a good place to start. Don't ask questions like that. Why do you ask questions like that? This is not that forum. Don't ask questions like that. Next question. What have you seen from Jake? Because we've witnessed it, just seeing him around. Um, he seems to have more of a bounce. Maybe the season ended and then the, the switch flipped. Well, it. what happens is when you there are leaders of the team, okay, and when the leaders who are predominantly older guys or seniors whose eligibility is up are walking out the door, there's a group of guys that now kind of have to take over. And let's not just say, say Jake. Let's talk about, like, Ben Heaney. Now, Ben Heaney was the most productive player on our defense th this year. Everyone would agree with that. Okay, the most productive player. But he's a sophomore playing, starting for his first time. Okay, whereas guys like Tobin and, and, and Josh, who, you know, older guys have been around a long time, you really don't want to overstep your bounds. Okay, but they're gone now. Okay, so there's a natural, there's a natural opportunity for him to, okay, if, this, if, he, if you have it in you, now's the time to go ahead and show it. Okay, and it's not just Jake, and it's not just Ben, but there's a bunch of guys that are kind of moved into that, that type of category. More than you expected. I didn't know, I didn't know how many to expect. Okay, but I, one thing, you know, you can't fake leadership. You know, either you have it or you don't have it. And when coaches try to make guys into leaders that aren't leaders, guess what? It, it doesn't work out very well. I'm hoping that some of the leaders on our team aren't even here yet. You know, I'm hoping. Some positions are more complicated than others when you're coming to a new team, a new system, a new level of play. Uh, where do you put defensive tackle and defensive end? I think a kid coming out of high school, okay, a kid coming out of high school, it's really tough to be a significant contributor at those two positions unless you're just a dynamic pass rusher. I think it's tough because you're, regardless of how big you are, okay, no matter how good you are, Okay, the tricks of the trade of an 18-year-old versus a 22- or 23-year-old or night and day. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a dynamic pass rusher because you just might have the athletic ability to go do that. But other than that, that's one of the advantages. Look at when you get into the JUCO rank, there's pros and cons now. It's not all, you know, you know all rosy picture. Okay, but when you look at these guys that you're coming in, they're grown men now. This isn't, you know, 18-year-old kids you're bringing in here. You're, these are 21-year-old guys that have been around for a while, that have been weathered, okay, that have gone through, gone through it, you know, and, 
I think that it gives you a lot better chance to get an honest evaluation of what you're getting walking in the door. A lot of high school kids that you're bringing in are purely projections. I mean, there's been a, you talk about the star system that people rate from up to five stars. There's a lot of guys that have been rated three stars that develop into great players. And on the other hand, there's guys that have been rated as five stars that have kind of fizzled. Okay, that doesn't happen nearly as much with, with these, these guys that you're bringing in that have been in a junior college for a couple of years because you've already had a couple of years of body of evidence to see where they're heading. Kind of like drafting a high school pitcher versus a college pitcher. Yeah, and, and where they normally take them from. They normally take them from high school. So, I mean, there's risk-reward. You know, a lot of times they don't pan out. You know, it's what, what you know versus what you don't know. It's a lot of projection. Coach, you lost the players a lot of positions at the offensive line and the secondary, particularly free safety. You, you lost some pretty, pretty good players. Can you talk about all players uh, on the team that uh, potentially could, could fill those holes? Well, we have a number of candidates at safety. Okay, and then, and then we have some people that, you know, some additional people that we feel real good about that will be joining the team as well. And once again, I think that if you have additional people that'll be joining the team that you count, that you're counting on, you know, the, the the junior college route is is one route where you can have a lot better projection of the guy being ready to play now. So I think that, you know, I just listed for the just going through the spring based on, you know, you know I have a spring depth chart. You know, of course you'd all want it right now, but. I mean, at least a, you're three deep at the safety position to give yourself an honest evaluation of what, what exactly you have coming out of the spring before some new guys end up you know, joining the mix in May without going into names and details. When you have a strong backfield with James and Tony, does it affect the way you go after linemen? It helps. That, that's, that's a good question now because it really does help the way you go after linemen. Because let's think about it. You're a guy who, who wants to play in a physical offense, and you see those guys having production like that. Well, that's an easier representation to those linemen because they say, hey, they already can run the ball. Okay. Well, look at who they have. And I think that that's really helped us some. With some of these guys that have jumped on board, that's the one thing they, they noticed. They said, at 29's back? They said, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's back. You know, and they said, well, what about three? He's back too. What about 36? He's back too. What about 25? He's back too. You know, that, you know, kind of helps. It, it kind of helps when those guys are looking at that saying, okay, we know we can run the ball now. Then, of course, I can sarcastically say to them, now, can you pass block? Okay, because right, we're scoring about two points a game. Okay, we can run it against anyone, but we can't score any points. We're going to have to throw it just a little bit. And, you know, that's where, you know, that's where, you know, a couple of those, a couple of those guys sit there and kind of take it personally like a challenge, like they would be an upgrade for us at, the, at those positions. You're obviously still in the middle of putting together this class, but it's going to be pretty juco heavy. When you project out over two or three years to future classes, does that is it almost like a, a 
you, you you'd want it in a descent. You'd want to be on the decline. Okay, you don't want to de- look. It. We all know. We all know, especially a guy like you who's been here all the time. You all know that we have holes all over the place to fill. I mean, I'm no different than you. I'm just a guy making the decision. But you know, you evaluate the team. You could see the holes all over the place. So what you do is you start with a high number and then you you just work your way down. You're always going to have a blend of junior college kids and high school kids because you're not going to turn down a frontline player. But we need over the next couple of years to fill the holes now. I mean, I'm too old to wait four years to develop. Okay, I mean, we want to be competitive now. And I hate when people say, well, you were in about another half dozen games. Well, guess what? We lost those games. I don't want to hear you, you were in the games where you really played good against Texas. Yeah? Well, we gave a touchdown with 12 seconds to go and lost. How about Texas Tech? Well, you went in double overtime. Who won that one? You know, I mean, you know, just so really we're at the situation where I want guys that can play. And I want to blend them with high school guys that want to play at Kansas. And you want to know, you take that formula right there, guys who can play and guys, the high school kids who want to play at Kansas, you know, we'll have a, we'll have a, chance, we'll have a chance to really get this right. The obvious goal is that these guys pan out and become players and, and all that, but is there another element to it in terms of the guys here that are already in your program? having to work harder to keep their spots? I mean, is that something you can sort of hope for? Well, if they can't read the writing on the wall, I mean, they're not very intelligent. I mean, that should drive them. I mean, this should this this team should be as driven. You know, last year they're driven just because there's a change of coaches. Okay? But that's the only reason they're driven. Now they're driven because the competition is totally different. I mean, the competition now has changed. I mean, it doesn't make a difference what position you play. The competition has now changed. You know, it's it's not the same. And, you know, if you don't get better in a hurry, you'll never play. You know what they're uh, putting in the water in San Francisco? You know, they keep seeing to churn guys out every single year. they got a handful of them. Well, first of all, they're in the northern part of the state. There aren't as many JUCOs as there are in the southern part of the state. Okay, there's 72 junior colleges in, in California to play football, but the, it's a lot heavier in the lower part of the state. I've seen it because you can get into about eight in a day in the southern part of the state, and the northern part of the state you have to do some traveling to get from one to the next. So they have that, they have a nice niche, you know, in, in that area where they have of a lot of, they're monopolizing. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've done, they've done such a, such, you know, such a good job in being, in being so competitive. Having guys from that program already here in town, does that help you kind of? Yeah, I think that, I think that Turner's experience, you know, now remember now, Turner, you know, Turner got redshirted himself. Okay, but Turner's experience, you know, he, he has firsthand experience. So when a guy asks a guy, you know, you know, what's it like? What's Weiss like? What's he really like? You know, then they tell him, you know, 
not the ogre that you want to write about, you know, but I'm only kidding when I say that. But, but you know what I'm saying, they, could, they, they, they know you. These guys have been around here for a while. Now. They know who you are. They know how you are. And uh, you know, I only tell our, our, our guys on our team, whether it be Turner or anyone else, just tell them the truth. I never tell them what to say. I never give them a recruiting pitch. I just, just, just answer the questions honestly. Whatever you perceive to be the truth, you just do that for me. Okay, and I don't care. I, I can live with whatever you, what, whatever, as long as it's the truth, I'm fine with it. And it's, it's been working pretty well for us that way. You've talked a lot about how you love recruiting. You're, you're rare in that, in that way. How, how about the rest of your staff, what, the role they played? And, you know, maybe they don't all love it the same way you do, but, but can you just talk about what they've done the last few weeks? Well, I think that when they know that you do, they better. So it, it doesn't give them a choice. Because if I go into an area and there's guys that they weren't recruiting that are going somewhere else, I want to know why. Okay, and I go into those areas, you know. Now, they might only have me for a couple of days, okay, but those couple of days now, we're going to a lot of places in a short amount of time, usually. Miserable. Sometimes flying, sometimes driving. I mean, it's, it, it's some miserable days in the last couple of weeks now. But if I go into an area and I said, that guy's going to what school? I go, why weren't we recruiting him? You know, it, it puts, you know, puts put some pressure, put some pressure on them. But fortunately, I think that, you know, I got a hard working staff in recruiting. And, you know, we have to adjust some people like, you know, we probably aren't getting as much production out of a few people because we probably don't have them in the area that they're most comfortable with that we'll tweak after the season's over. We'll go ahead and, and rearrange so we get the most production out of everyone. And if there's a coach that we're not getting a lot of production because we're just not winning on players in that area, then we'll take them out of that area and go put them in an area where we think we can get more production. I mean, this isn't just like etched in stone, like it's gonna, this is where you're gonna be all the time. You have to be willing to make adjustments to, to get the most out of everybody. But I think that our coaching staff is you know, hard work and I think they all find recruiting important. And you know, I think that, that, that that's a good thing because you know, I've been around some guys in the past that, you know, recruiting wasn't as important to them. And to me, you know, you have two seasons. You have the football season and then you have the recruiting season. And if you don't treat the recruiting season just as important, then you're never going to win on players. Speaking of staff, you anticipate everybody coming back intact and, and basically the same role next year. Told everyone uh, after a 111, there's no one getting thrown under the bus. Okay. So I said, tell them. I said, if you if I hear you looking for another job, I'm looking for another coach. Okay. It's it's a very simple system, you know. So I think I think that you should expect us to be back intact. Is uh, Cassius send us just a. Uh, a good cornerback who happens to be taller, do you like the idea of taller cornerbacks? Well, I'm looking at, you know, knowing that knowing that we're bringing in a couple taller, more physical corners to compete with the guys we have right here, you know, I think in the Big 12, 
you know, sometimes if you have, you know, a bunch of small guys out there, you can get into physical mismatches. So you better, you know, you better recruit to, to in, with it keeping in mind who you're going against. Because if you don't, you know, then you end up not doing too well. But uh, I, I really like Cassius. I like his size. I like his, I like his, his physical ability, and I like the way he carries himself. He's a very polished, you know, polished student. Gets great grades. You know, polished young man. I'm really looking forward to having him here. To hear you describe him, uh, big physical, and you like the way he moves. It sounds like maybe he floats like a butterfly and stings like a bee. I'll leave that to you. You know, I'm not. I don't have quips like that, Tom. I'm sorry. You know, so I, I'll, I'll read it in the paper tomorrow. Okay. 